Welcome back to Single Minded, where we are flipping the script on being single. I'm your host, Hannah First. And I'm your co-host, Linda. So we're, we are launching our Patreon this week. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a platform for podcasters and other content creators, and it helps us, I don't know how to say this, but <laughs> it helps us to make a little bit of money out of the podcast. <laughs> we really want to keep releasing the two free episodes a month, but there's costs involved with running a podcast. So in order for us to keep doing the free episodes, we have set up a Patreon so that people that are big fans of the podcast not only get extra content every month, but they also help to support us to keep doing this podcast. I've said podcast too many times. Anyway, I'm just going to get into (laughs) what tiers we have. So basically we've got a supporter tier. So that's just to leave us a little tip every month as a token of your appreciation. That's $1.50 per month. So thank you to anyone that leaves us a tip. It's much appreciated. (laughs) Linda will see none of this, by the way. Absolutely zero for me. Then we have our super fan tier. That's $4 a month. So that's less than a coffee every month. And you will get two bonus episodes of Single Minded. So you'll get weekly content. So two free episodes and two bonus episodes every month. I'll be putting a link in the episode notes, but if you go to patreon.com slash single-minded, you can sign up there and it's really easy to add. So basically you'll get a link to a private podcast that you can add to your Apple podcast. If you don't have Apple podcasts, you can actually listen to it on Patreon as well because I'll be posting that every fortnight. We really hope that you're able to join us so that we can keep this podcast going. So that's my little plug for Patreon. (laughs) We did want to quickly discuss, mum and I went to see Elvis the other night. I have been in love with Elvis my whole life, Mm, as have you. So is your father and me. Yeah, we love, I love his music. Look, there's some, obviously some problematic aspects to Elvis, like the fact he met Priscilla Presley when she was 14, but the movie has been hyped because a lot of people are really into that actor, Austin Butler. What did you think of the movie? I've got some pretty harsh critiques. I think it was good to learn about a bit more about Colonel Tom Parker. So we, we always knew that he was there, but I think following their dynamic over the 20 years was pretty interesting. Two hours, 39 minutes, some people have complained, it's long. (laughs) I actually thought it went quickly even though I was busting to go to the toilet at the end and I think it was worth going to in the cinemas but I didn't love, love it. I just felt for me it flew through 20 years without much depth and Mm. looking up some of the critiques, some people have said it's just a montage of scenes and I sort of agreed with that. I agree with all of that. I thought that it was way too quick. I mean, we've watched that documentary 
remember the DVD box that you and I both watched? Yes, I'm going to mention that. I pulled that out. (laughs) So there are amazing documentaries on Elvis that Mm. that really get, and they're so spicy with all the romance. So I didn't feel, firstly, it didn't really go into his drug addiction much. Like I think it wasn't until the very end that they got into that. Also, Austin Butler doesn't actually look like Elvis. Nothing like him. He had so much makeup, hairstyling, amazing wardrobe, but just at times he was a bit like an Elvis impersonator. But I will say that especially in the Vegas concert years, I thought he was pretty amazing because I just felt even how he held his shoulders, it really was true Elvis. But... I would have liked a bit more romance. He had a lot of girlfriends and they didn't go into, there was a lot of romance on set. They didn't really go into any of that. They also didn't really have, like he was really in the Hollywood scene. Like if you see the documentaries, you know, he was on stage with Frank Sinatra. Like there's so much that they could have done with that. Maybe because Priscilla is a good friend of, Baz Luhrmann, right. I think they've been photographed before this, but there was no mention of anyone except Priscilla and she was married to him for six years. Yeah. But as you said, the the DVD set, which oh. was called Elvis the Definitive Collection, well, one of the DVDs was. It's all about his love life. The many loves of Elvis. And oh, my God. I've watched that five times, I think, back when we had DVD players. <laughs> he was just involved with so many so women. Many. And there was no mention of Linda Thompson. Well, she actually lived with him for four years. No mention of the famous affair with Anne Margaret, mm. who was in Viva Las Vegas with him. Yeah. But I did some research. Most many of the books on Elvis talk about all the romances and actually affairs that he had some while he was married to Priscilla. But it was also reported, Mm. has been reported, that he liked to fondle and suck women's toes. Interesting. But what he liked, I don't don't know if that's true, but what he liked the most, which I can can believe, was to lie in bed with them and watch television and eat and talk all night. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so on to Austin Butler. I, for me, Elvis... It's not about doing a perfect impersonation of Elvis. You actually have to embody his sex appeal. And I thought Austin Butler, okay, yes, he did like a perfect impersonation. He would have been great as an impersonator, but he didn't have the charisma and the sex appeal and the twinkle in his eye. He was too focused Mm. on getting it technically perfect. And I just thought- Which he did do. Like when I watch Elvis on screen, I get tingles. And when I was watching Austin Butler, I was like nothing, felt dead inside over him. And I just thought. Poor Austin. (laughs) I have no talent, by the way, when it comes to acting or music, musicals. So I'm, I'm not one to talk. But for me, I think that Baz Luhrmann's, I'm just going to give Baz a little bit of feedback. He should have done <laughs> a worldwide search for like someone that looked like Elvis or at least looked more like Elvis. And then secondly, had that onstage presence and sex appeal and charisma because that's mm. what was missing for me. I, for you. If I had been attracted to the main guy, I would have loved it. I could have sat there for four hours. But I just was like, mm, this is dragging on a bit. <laughs> I am a harsh critic. I'd still recommend seeing it, but I would also recommend renting Elvis, That's the Way It Is. It's on Apple TV for the huge price of $2.99, and it's mainly footage from the concert at the International Hotel in yes, Las Vegas. I'm going to watch you'll, that. 
you'll see that recreated in the movie. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Mum actually said at the end of the movie, she's like, don't worry, I've got it. She's like, I've got the whole DVD set. And I was like, I don't own a DVD player. Do you own a DVD player? Well, what I did was I came home. I've also got Elvis 68 comeback special, which features in the movie. I've got Elvis Aloha from Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And I have found a small DVD player. I'm sure you can make it work so you can watch them all. (laughs) The real thing. (laughs) So anyway, let's get into the episode. Rav Randara is joining me again this week because we're talking about not being married in your 30s. So let's get into the interview and mum will be back at the end. So Rav Randara is back. We are talking all about marriage today. Welcome back. Hi, I'm so happy to be back. (laughs) The reason this came up was I think I did some stories where I said like, I don't give a fuck that I'm not married. I actually couldn't care less. And we started chatting about it. And I was like, can we please talk about this topic? To start with though, I wanted to give a bit of a history of marriage. I did some research online and yes, I'm plagiarizing this from online sources but basically basically marriage is an ancient institution that predates recorded history but early marriage was seen as a strategic alliance between families which makes sense it was like never about love the best evidence suggests that it's over 4,000 years old. And before that, anthropologists think families consisted of loosely organized groups of as many as 30 people with male leaders. So, like, basically you just lived in, like, a family community style thing. And I think that there were, like, male leaders and it was, like, a group. Yeah. So that was, like, before marriage existed. But then marriage pretty much the primary purpose was to bind women to men to guarantee that the man's children were his biological heirs. So that's the real crux of marriage. Actually, polygamy was common throughout history. It's illegal now, but that was quite common. Obviously, I think it was mostly men having multiple wives. Monogamy became the guiding principle for Western marriages sometime between the 6th and 9th century. However, it's not the monogamy that we know. Men engaged in affairs, I think all the time, but the children would be illegitimate with no claim to inheritance. So basically monogamy was you get married, have a kid, but you men would go and have affairs, which you see in the movies all the time. With those I was going to say, it sounds like Game of Thrones. Yeah. And they're bastards. <laughs> However, women face serious backlash if they had affairs. Does not surprise me at all. So basically there was the notion that the husband owned the wife and that held sway for centuries. So it was only 250 years ago that the notion of love, of love matches gained traction, meaning that marriage was based in love. Most scholars believe that the concept of a love marriage was actually invented by the French. Little fun fact. Mm. When did marriage actually change? So like the modern marriage that we know hasn't actually been around for long. So women won the right to vote. And when that happened in 1920, that's when the transformation started. So that's only 100 years ago that we started to see marriage change. By the late 60s, there was like a lot more laws coming in and the concept of marital rape happened in the 70s, which up until that point was inconceivable as the husband owned his wife's sexuality. Can you believe that was the 70s? It's crazy. When you said that, that was the first thing I thought, like, that was not that long ago. 
Yeah. There's a historian, Stephanie Kuntz. It's spelt C-O-O-N-T-Z. I wanted to say something different there. (laughs) Kuntz. She says the idea that marriage is a private relationship for the fulfillment of two individuals is really very new. Within the past 40 years, marriage has changed more than in the last 5,000 years. So really, marriage was much more about ownership of women. It was much more about making sure that the children were biologically the man so that they could inherit for inheritance reasons. And also, it was about like also strategic alliances between families. So this whole concept of a monogamous love marriage between two equals is very, very new. Mm. So interesting. That's my little history lesson for you. (laughs) Love that. Thank you. So we're both going to answer these questions, but this is my first question. So what advice would you give to your younger self about marriage as someone that's actually been married? I think probably the first thing that comes to mind is that it's not the be all and end all Mm -hmm. because a lot of the things that you were saying just then were really resonating with me because I think culturally even though some of those things were true 4,000 years ago, I would argue that in Indian culture, a lot of that stuff still happens. So Mm -hmm. growing up for me, it felt like there was just a lot of pressure on getting married and it's almost like that's what you were working towards. You had to have a good education so that you were like an eligible bachelorette essentially. You know, you had to Mm. look a certain way. So the education was more about, your prospects for marriage as Mm. opposed to like your prospects for a career or a good life. Yeah. It was just purely everything revolved around marriage. Don't do this because if people get wind of it, then it's going to become gossip and no one's going to want to marry you. Make sure you're educated. Otherwise, if Mm. you're not educated, you can't expect to get married to someone who's educated. And then Mm. don't like have a boyfriend because God forbid you're not a virgin before you get married. So everything that you were just Mm -hmm. saying was like really hitting home. And I think if I was to tell my younger self anything, it's it's literally that it's not the be all and end all and go through life with the notion of like, what do you actually want out of life? Not let me get married first and then start living my life, which I think I did for a really long time. Yeah. What about you? I feel like for me, the advice that I would give my younger self, well, first of all, like I was the same, even though my parents didn't really put any pressure on me, it was probably the pressure from peers and the media, which is like, Mm. really, you don't ever doubt that you're going to get married. You just don't doubt it. It's just part of the way you grow up that, oh, I'm going to meet someone in my 20s, early 20s, we're going to be together and then we're going to get married, we're going to buy a house and have a baby or multiple babies. So I probably the the advice would be like to really question the motive behind that. Like what's the motive for getting married? Is the motive just to do what everyone else is doing? Like why do you want to get married? And so my disappointment in my late 20s, having been single for so long, I felt like a lot of disappointment that I hadn't lived up to what Mm. I thought I would. And it's only in the last, I would say, three years that I've gone through this transformation where I'm like actually questioning, why do you want to get married? And so my whole, like there's no disappointment anymore, but I would say if I had done that earlier, if I'd really questioned why I wanted to get married and been like, is this even for you? 
I may have felt really mm. differently towards it as I got older. Because I had this really intense disappointment when all my friends started getting married. Like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not getting married? Mm. And you're right, you you could potentially in that situation rush into something that, that would end in divorce anyway. And I've seen that with people. Well, you know what, to that point as well, I remember specifically picking my wedding date so that it was before my birthday and I could say that I got mm. married before I was 28. Yeah, which is like crazy. What blows my mind is all of these rules are made up. Yeah. Everything's made up. This isn't the law of the universe. This was like made up that you should be married by a certain age. And it literally varies culture to culture if you look as well. You know, like, yes, I think yeah. we can generalise and say most cultures push marriage to some degree, but if you go from culture to culture, like your class is basically like too old to get married if you're getting towards your late 20s in our culture. And I feel like a, a big imperative and I understand is to like have kids, but you can have kids and not get Ooh. married. Do people not know how babies are made? Well, to your point, <laughs> Hannah, like, you know, when you said that you, you know, felt this disappointment when you got to a certain age and everyone started getting married around you. For me, I felt that kind of shock when I got divorced and I was just like, holy shit, like I've gone through mm. my whole life, like my whole conscious life thinking about this event that's going to kickstart my life and mm. I can start doing what I really want to do. And it's just been taken away from me. So what the fuck do I do now? It really left me disheveled. And yeah. I went through those motions of what you just said, like asking yourself that question, do you even want marriage? And it sucks that I had to go through it to ask myself that question. And then even the kids part, because to your point again, I had done the marriage part. So my next step and focus was having a baby. Mm. And after getting divorced, now I'm like, you know what? I don't really think I do want kids. Mm. I feel like the other thing is that 50% of marriages end in divorce and I think that statistic on its own, sometimes I think, well, why does everyone get married? Like I heard this analogy where it was like, can't remember who said this, but like if you were told that you were going through like cancer treatment or some sort of treatment and it was like, there's a 50% chance, like, yeah. sorry to get morbid, but that's not good odds. And so everyone's rushing towards this thing that the odds of it lasting, you've got a 50-50 chance. I know everyone thinks that they're different, but anyway, that I want to talk about that more because um, I have some more thoughts on that in another question. So next is how do you feel about not being married now in your 30s? Um. I think a majority of the time I feel fine about it. Actually, I'm pretty happy about it, to be honest, because mm -hmm. the thought of having to go through another divorce, mm. it's done a good job of steering me off the path of marriage. It doesn't mean I don't want commitment. I do want a long-term committed relationship. But marriage to me just doesn't hold the same meaning anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly can say this hand to heart. I yeah. don't give a fuck. I actually don't care. And if you had asked me three years ago, the answer would have been very different. And I may have said, oh, no, I don't care. Like, I'm fine. But I didn't really truly feel it inside. Mm. Now I do not give a fuck. Like, honestly, if I never get married, I don't care. It's just not something that I care about anymore. It doesn't signify a good relationship for me, it doesn't signify true commitment anymore because 
people throw it away so quickly. I think it was probably different when my grandparents were around because you really did stay married. But now it's like people don't necessarily stay married and you can see that with the percentages. I don't know what changed for me. I think I just woke up one day and was like, I don't care anymore. Like I'm sick Mm. of caring and I really don't care anymore. And to your point, I knew I wanted a committed relationship, but I just don't care if I never get proposed to. I don't. And also I wouldn't want to be proposed out of the blue. I would want to have a conversation with someone and be like, do you want to get married? Do we even care? Do we want to spend money on a wedding? Do you just want to like be together and like be de facto? Like I don't actually just want anyone to spring it on me. I want to talk about it first. The other thing is I never thought I would say this, but I don't think I want a big wedding. Like I would literally want to go to the – if I was really serious about someone and it was important to them Mm. to have that commitment on paper, I'm open to that. Probably my preference is probably not to get married, but I would probably do like a courthouse or like a lunch with my family or a dinner with my family. I don't think I would do a wedding. Yeah, my stance on this is exactly the same as you. When you were just saying this, I was just like, yep, 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 in my mind. (laughs) I'm actually a little bit jealous of you that you've come to this realisation without having to go down the path of being married and then have it not work out. For me, obviously, that was a catalyst, Mm. but I'm on the same page as you. I feel like I don't want to push my almost like baggage onto somebody else and say, no, you know, I'm never going to get married. If it is really, really important to them, I'm open to the idea, but like you, it would be a really small, intimate wedding. You know, I would prefer to not actually do anything, to just go sign a piece of paper because I've had to deal with the embarrassment of it not working out. I know like a lot of people may not be, they may be saying, listening to this, thinking it's not embarrassing, like it wasn't your fault or whatever, but a feeling is a feeling and that is the feeling that I had to deal with most of the time. Mm, so yeah, yeah, I would like to stay away from that feeling ever again. <laughs> and I think the other thing that we forget is that not all relationships are meant to last forever and some relationships are beautiful in the moment and then they kind of expire because yeah. both people change. And so what marriage does is does put this forever mm. thing on it and when you don't reach forever – then it becomes like you failed at something. And I think we don't accept, oh, I was in a relationship for 10 years. It was good for, you know, eight years and then it was on and off for two years and then we broke up. That's not a failure. Like that's a good stint with someone. And I think marriage almost makes it a failure. You said something then that like triggered me in a way as well. Like when you said that people change and relationships may not be designed to last forever it goes back to the point that we were talking about before about age, right? I think people who rush into these sorts of things at a younger age, especially, you know, when you mm. are older and you get into these more committed relationships, I think the chances of them lasting long-term is a lot higher because you've already gone through that mm. process of that significant change that typically happens between like the ages of 21 and 28, whatever you want to call it. It's different for everyone. But I look back and I think about the person that I was when I met my ex-husband versus who I am today. I don't even recognize mm. that person anymore. Same. Oh, if I'd met someone in my late 20s, mid to late 20s, I would have just, I would have met someone that would have been right for me in that immature stage. Like I was 
I didn't know yeah. anything. I still don't know anything, but like I really didn't know anything back then. And you're just like floundering through life. And so unless both people grow together in the same mm. direction, I think that's what happens is like you just you become a completely different I am a completely different person in my 30s. Yeah. Totally. Totally different. The things that I want are different. I was all about like corporate career, if you can believe it. And I, I can you imagine like if I hooked up with someone that was like corporate bro, some finance bro that worked all the time and like ne- we never traveled. I can't imagine you with someone like that now. <laughs> So something we did talk briefly about the feelings of disappointment about not being married. I no longer feel disappointed, but I was. Something that does, uh, I don't want it to annoy the shit out of me, but it does, (laughs) Instagram wedding photos and anniversary photos. It's not one of them. It's the constant stream of them that I find difficult. Mm. Do you feel like you're missing out? when you see the constant stream of anniversary photos when it's wedding season like does it ever like tug at the heartstrings honestly no like for me it's not really the wedding photos or anything like that necessarily to me it's definitely just when I see people together more than anything Mm. because like the companionship is probably the thing that I still want And when Mm. I see people posting, like, whether it's just, like, them being together for a few years, not necessarily married, when I see those sorts of posts, they trigger me a little bit. Or, weirdly, Mm. for me, it's engagement announcements. I don't even want a ring, which is weird. I'm not saying that I won't ever, Mm. but I'm just not that. Like, it would kind of ruin my aesthetic to have to wear the same ring every day like I always think of that I'm like yeah but I don't like wearing rings every day and then I'll be nervous about having it on there like I'd rather just not I think with the wedding photos for me it's almost like reinforcing the idea that it's like the best day of your life and Mm -hmm. that's not how I feel I don't want that kind of wedding so maybe it does make me feel like I'm gonna miss out on something that people just rave about people just rave about their wedding day and like kudos to them like I love that it's the best day of their lives yeah. but it's just not something that I think is for me yeah was your wedding the best day of your life absolutely not it was honestly like the worst day of my life not for any like nothing bad happened or anything like that and at the time obviously I was very in love with the person that I was marrying as well it was just yeah. the most chaotic fucking day I just remember not mm. eating anything all day getting up at some stupid hour to get my makeup done and Mm. I was eating like Maccas at the end of the night because I had no food at my actual wedding. And no, like I have so much fun at other people's weddings. I love weddings and I love going to them, but I don't want one myself. Maybe the weddings (laughs) is for your friends really. Exactly. Do you think it's better to wait to get married? you would have asked me this question 10 years ago, I would have said no. But now in hindsight, mm-hmm. with all the experiences that I have and being able to reflect on how much I've grown and changed as a person, 100%. Like if, if the goal here isn't just to have the piece of paper and the label, then waiting is the way. To have a true partnership. Exactly. Yeah, that really ha- will last the distance. Exactly. Yeah. Because like I said before, your chances of finding that and sustaining that are going to be a lot higher when you yourself come into your own. And, you know, one could argue that like it's your experiences that morph you into that as well. But 
if all you've got on your mind is getting to this end goal of getting married with whoever and it's not about that actual Mm. person, then I'm sorry, but you're not really coming into your own either. And I'm actually a real, I'm a romantic. I really am a romantic. So you would think that I would want this big day where you like confess your love and do vows and all that sort of shit. But Mm. I think there's so many other ways to like express romance. I think the engagement, as you said, is almost like the pinnacle of romance. But like, I probably don't see it like that is the problem. Well, I was actually going to say that about you too when you said that you love romance because I think for you romance, it's not about the show, like the gesture for Mm. other people to judge, right? I think for a lot of people it's about having certain things happen in a certain way so that they can show society. I'm going to call it out. It's like, yeah, we can say it's our friends, but the reason why we feel like we need to do those things is because it's the societal norm. So Mm. you feel like if you haven't gotten flowers on like Valentine's Day and posted about it, it didn't happen. If you didn't get mm. engaged and post about it, it didn't really happen. Did it didn't it? happen. So mm. for you, like I think you're the minority where the romance for you is literally just what happens between you and that other person. You yeah. Don't all these things to happen to show the world necessarily. Yeah, I think romance, those kind of quiet moments are probably the most romantic, definitely. Yeah. I honestly sometimes find the most romantic moments is when you like piss yourselves laughing until you cry, when it's just the two of you and something really funny is happening and you just can't stop laughing. Like that's my idea of romance. <laughs> mine's what mine's insane. Like it's it's actually so lame when I think about it. <laughs> I love just like spooning to me like I just I just love like someone who is a really good cuddler and to me like that moment when you're just both in bed and it's not sexual and you're just like snuggling and like you're just so close and intimate that to me is romance it's between you both you're not gonna fucking live stream your cuddling session on Instagram you know what I mean it's like Mm. maybe you will but I do understand why people want to get married Mm. because everyone's really different. But the problem is that for people that are questioning it and don't really care about it, it's almost like you get questioned. So like if you're in a partnership with someone and you're not getting married and you're Mm. not getting engaged, people are like, why? I've been guilty of asking people like, oh, when are you getting engaged? Because we're always just like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I think that's where we as a society just need to change what we talk about really because like obviously this is all we think is worth talking about we need to find other things to talk about other things that we think add value to people's lives other than just labels and I almost think it's good to just be I'm like very I know I do it publicly in content but I because I'm so public about the fact I don't care Mm. no one ever asks me anymore it's so good (laughs) if someone asks you like oh like why you're like I don't give a shit if I never get married what are you talking about like honestly people will stop because it's like you just you don't care totally I think like anything in life people only have power over you for things like that if you yourself feel that way like if you Mm. have any shred of embarrassment or whatever about something that's where you struggle to talk about those things and people almost in a way like latch onto that once you stop giving a shit, people are not going to give a shit either. And you're vocal. If you're vocal about not giving a shit, yeah. I think that for me, my mum had people asking her all the time. And so now neither of us care. 
And mm. that actually, to be honest with you, that's probably what's made me more comfortable because yeah. no one ever asks me, no one cares. I'm very vocal about the fact that I don't care. And so I think that's really helped me yeah. actually not care. It's like a weight gets lifted off. I, oh, I have one last 100%. thought about this because obviously yeah. this is like, you know, a predominantly a lot of dating chat on this podcast. I have to yeah. say like when you remove the concept of marriage and maybe even kids yeah. from your mind when you go into situations, you will see yeah. people in a whole nother light. Because I think when you go totally. into situations with like an end goal, the rose-coloured glasses are usually on for longer than they need to be. Yeah. The last thing I wanted us to talk about was I posted something from, it was the New York Times. It was an opinion piece. So I'm going to read it now, but you people might have seen it on my Instagram. I was really surprised. 34% agreed with this. When Tish Harrison Warren first married her husband, she didn't know if she truly loved him or even if she fully grasped what love truly meant. So she says, but I know that we are learning to love each other with each passing day and that there is profound joy in this messy process. She believes that everyone marries the wrong person, but choosing to stay in a marriage for all kinds of unromantic reasons is a good and even brave choice. Um, <laughs> my problem with that is that I'm too much of a romantic. I'd rather be alone. Mm. I would always be like, this can't be it. This can't be true. Like I just, I'm too much of a romantic at heart to do that. Mm. I think I actually don't think I could do it. I've tried at one point was like, you know what? My person's not out there. I'm just going to settle. And it was a disaster. And I physically, I had a physical reaction to dating someone I wasn't into. Like I was just like, oh no. And I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't settle for someone I wasn't madly obsessed with. Yeah. I feel like with this I'm really intrigued by how many partners this woman has had because I feel like if you've experienced something like you just said, you know, like a really great relationship that like a deep connection and you're almost yeah. just like mutually obsessed with each other and you just like because uh, I've had that before, I just couldn't I couldn't do anything else other than that. Well, that's the thing and I just wonder if she's had that to compare with and why you would say mm. something like that if you've experienced the opposite. But I also just to me, and I don't know if I'm interpreting this incorrectly, but like to me, it just seems off. Like there's a difference between compromising and having like an understanding of each other where you understand that not every single day of your marriage is going to be full of like this all consuming love. Mm. But if you've gone into something knowing that that person is the wrong person, knowing that <laughs> that's where I'm like, are you dumb? Like, why would you do that? But that literally is insanity. So I would rather be with someone that was wrong on paper, but there was like a lot of love there. But I don't think I could go for someone that firstly all was wrong, but also that I wasn't sure if I loved. Like that's just, yes, you can marry someone that's wrong in theory, but you love each other. Yeah. But to have neither of those is probably a hard sell for me. It's literally settling. It is. It is settling. You're right. Yeah. But for some people maybe companionship is really important and for some people maybe love and romance to that level is not as important I don't know I know for me that it that it is I'm just really intrigued about the dynamics of this relationship because if it is just companionship and like they're just basically friends it's like do you not have any other friends because if like <laughs> it's true though like 
You know what I mean? I think there's an element of like you get to a certain maybe, I mean, I probably got to this stage where I was just like, oh, maybe I should just settle for not not what I was envisioning in my head, which is butterflies and excitement and like the things that I really wanted at the beginning, but I couldn't. I actually mm. couldn't physically do it. It wasn't, it's, I don't have it in me to, to do that. I'd rather yeah. be on my own. And I think that's a bad trait to have. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe other people think differently. I had a few DMs and most people were like, they didn't agree with it. But I guess some people, yeah, said each to their own. And that's a good way to look at it, each mm-hmm. to their own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I won't be expecting to go to your wedding anytime soon and you can expect not to go to my wedding time anytime <laughs> soon because I, I honestly, like I don't, it's so cool not to care. Yeah. Yeah. I think my biggest tip would be really to like, why do you want to get married so bad? Mm. That's what started it for me. Yeah. Why? I think that's a good thing for everyone to take away who's listening. If you are mm. really finding yourself just all consumed with this thought of marriage, like it'd be interesting to understand why. Like can you even articulate it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, each to their own. Thanks, Rav. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you so much. All right, Linda, what did you think? Yes, well, thinking back to being 25, I was definitely waiting for Rob to ask me to marry him. (laughs) And I think for memory, it was just what I thought was a normal trajectory without kind of, as usual, giving it too much thought. That's the story of your life. Just (laughs) the story of my life. Not giving it much thought. much thought. Yeah. Not much thought. We got engaged in Thailand on Koh Samui and we'd only met 10 months before. Mm -hmm. And I had been waiting since New Year's Eve in Penang for the proposal and it didn't happen. And I thought, well, I've got this really wrong. So when he actually proposed, I was in shock And we had a semi-traditional wedding Mm -hmm. because we're atheists. Mm -hmm. So we got married at my parents' house. I did walk down the stairs with my father. We had a celebrant. We asked for no religious words, although that celebrant snuck in a few, which annoy (laughs) me. We had a proper sit-down reception, lots of speeches and dancing. I wore a white dress. We had a Latin band. Mm -hmm. So it was a fun night and I'm happy to be married, but I will say I kept my name because for me, that was my name for 25 years. Why would I change it? Agree. And when you kids were at primary school, it actually wasn't the norm. That's a long time ago, but there was a few of us and I think it's probably more common now. In fact, your sister is married and has kept her own name. We don't talk about that enough, about keeping your own name. That's just really normal in our family. I think all the girls in our family, you, Alice, Ruby and myself will will probably all, I may never get married, but yeah, I think we'll all keep our names. So on the subject of marriage, I, I started thinking that I've got a few friends who have been together for a long time but never married and I wondered why. Mm. So I asked them questions. So one couple have been together for almost 40 years. They've got two children. Mm -hmm. And I asked back in the day, did they feel pressure to get married? And he replied, no, I've never felt pressured, although there have been plenty of times when people have looked incredulous when I told them we didn't get married. Mm. Often they're curious as opposed to judgmental. I do recall that my parents were initially disappointed, but my mother later acknowledged that there was no difference. Perhaps this was following my brother's divorce and remarriage. Mm, Interesting. Yes, and then I asked him, 
did either of you want a wedding, a white dress to walk down the aisle, a reception? He said, on the contrary, a white dress is a symbol of many aspects of marriage that I find objectionable. The white dress is a symbol of virginity and that's not just irrelevant, but it's outdated. Mm. I do look good in white though, I must say. Anyway. (laughs) Walking down the aisle is associated with the bride being given away by her father in exchange for resources and status, also irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Brides aren't property and they can't be given away. Traditionally, women even change their name, a symbol of of the man's ownership. Mm. We responded by giving our children their mother's family name Mm. and I think they like that. I feel proud of having taken an active stance against marriage I think we're both very happy with our decisions and when we see our kids stand up for what they believe in sometimes standing against the tide we feel vindicated that we have provided strong role models for them oh I love that I mean controversial opinion to some married listeners but look to be honest the white dress makes me uncomfortable but I just look good in white so if I got (laughs) married I would probably just choose white because it looks good so anyway that would be a personal choice not a symbol of my virginity (laughs) I know they're not married but I've never ever asked so it was interesting to get Mm. that response and then another couple friends of mine have been together 20 years they've got three children and they actually now live in France and she said they actually met when they were 38 and they were spending time together and then they ended up just by chance buying something to renovate and then she said Within months of moving into the house, I was suddenly pregnant and had my first child at 40. She said, even though she's from a conventional Catholic family, that there wasn't any conversations at home about marrying or a special day. There was no pressure put on her or her sister. And in fact, her sister isn't married either. Mm. And... I asked if they ever feel like the odd ones out and she said, it doesn't cross my mind that I'm not married. However, I do feel a bit of a rebel and I'm often surprised when I discover friends who I thought were pretty unconventional are married. Mm. Also, when I find out a long-standing couple aren't married, I feel a bit of camaraderie. Mm. I do get annoyed when I'm called Mrs. C and depending on my (gasps) mood, I will correct the person addressing me as such. Living in France, I've considered getting married because inheritance laws state here that if the couple aren't married and the house is in the man's name, the woman loses the house to the children of the man. Interesting. Interesting. The only downside I can see to not being married is never having an anniversary to celebrate. (laughs) Because there's no gifts. Mum gets a gift every year. (laughs) She gets a special gift every year, so that's true. Special gift. And she says, when I met my partner, I did become a poster girl at work when all hope has died and you were hitting 40. Look what can happen. Mm. There's hope for everyone if I manage to do it. Oh, Mm. that's nice. And finally, I thought I'd better ask a friend who's never married, who's in her 50s. Yep. And she said, I do feel sad about not being married, particularly not having someone to share my life with, to provide support emotionally and financially. It's hard doing life on your own without the support of someone. I know. I'm going to cry. That unconditionally has your back. I asked her if she'd come to accept not being married. I don't think so. I still hope to meet someone whether we marry or not. I think society puts huge pressure on us to be married and if you haven't married, you have failed or there is something wrong with you. Mm. 
Yes, I would still like to get married, but I would have to learn to be a lot more tolerant and patient, given I have been on my own for so mm. long. I quite like the idea of a part-time husband. He has his house <laughs> and I have mine. Or he lives interstate and he's only home a few days a week. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, I loved so, that. Good research, Linda. Yeah. I love I really loved Good all research. that. We are going to speaking of Patreon. Linda's actually going to come back and she's going to host her own Patreon episode talking about Oh, what? Yeah. You never told me my on my own. No, 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 with me, but you're oh, going to give you. your oh, tips. Need my wing girl. Yeah, yeah. So, sign up to Patreon because it's coming. Linda's going to give her tips for long-lasting love. Married or not. Married or not. The unmarried couples have said everything that I think, which is I'm not fussed either way. I think if it was important to the person that you're with, like I think that's fine. I I just don't think it matters either way with the law in Australia being de facto anyway. Mm, Well, now it's, yeah, it's all the same. There's no real difference. Mm. All right, well, we will be back. We'll be back next week on Patreon. I'm going to plug it again. And it's a great episode, It's a really good one. It is. It's actually a really good one. So, yeah, go to patreon.com slash single-minded and you'll get an episode next week. But if not, we'll see you in two weeks. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. 